inside is Pharo looking for two. Doncaster straight. Can he do it again? Light up the world is getting up near the fence. But Pharo, Pharo dashed to the lead from Abbey Glen and light up the world, followed by Aragen and Brave Warrior. But Gavin Eads goes for home on Pharo. Look at Auntie Mary. Auntie Mary out of the back. This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Pride's Easy Feed. Do any of your horses struggle to finish their feeds during a racing preparation? Have you been unhappy with the way they look on race day? Do what many other trainers do with those finicky horses and introduce them to Pride's easy performance by stimulating their appetites with Pride's highly palatable set recipe feed, you might find they're not leaving a flake in their feed bins. Correct nutrition helps racehorses to deal with the stresses of racing and training. It helps them to get that elusive win when they're in the right race, and most importantly, helps them to bounce back after the event. Pride's easy performance provides the ultimate muscle fuel to help horses get to the line while helping them to maintain inner health. Pride's Easy Performance, the complete nutritional feed for equine performance athletes. There are many country trainers with as much horse sense and organisational ability as their high-profile city counterparts. These underrated horsemen and horsewomen are prepared to forsake higher training fees and the lack of yearling sales spending power to maintain a rural lifestyle that suits them and their horses. Fitting snugly into that category is Natalie Jarvis, who runs a highly professional operation at Maruya and works with horses sourced from the English digital sale and the odd few that are passed on by independent owners. Natalie and husband Luke extract optimum performance from their horses and they use modern technology to the full in keeping owners informed. They go to painstaking lengths to make sure their owners enjoy the experience. 130 stable clients turned up at the Maruya Cup meeting early this year to be wonderfully entertained by the Maruya Jockey Club. Some of those visitors shared in the ownership of the four winners Natalie Jarvis happened to saddle up on the day with a trifecta thrown in for good measure. A fully qualified accountant, Natalie opted for a life with horses seven years ago and hasn't taken a backward step. She trained a handful of horses at Hawkesbury for a while before hurrying off to her day job. She then had a short stint at Kembla Grange all the while looking for the right property out of town. She and Luke found their dream location in 2016 and they wouldn't move if offered a watertight contract by Sheikh Mohammed. Let's have a yarn with one of the world's most ardent horse lovers. Good morning, Natalie Jarvis. Good morning. How are you going? I'm well, thank you. Maruya Racecourse, eh, where the turf meets the surf, as they say. Tell me about that property, Nat. You're right on the track. Uh, yeah, we're in the street here um, on course at the racetrack here. Um, we've got uh, 24 stables here. Um, they're all yards, so um, the horses live outdoors. They um, can touch their neighbours and they love living here. They're really relaxed living here. It's obviously very quiet here compared to um, a lot of the city stables that the tried horses that we buy come from. Mm. And um, we have excellent facilities for working the horses as well. So mm. um, we have very um, easy access to the beach and the river as well. And there's a bush track here that we frequently use and the, the race course facilities here are excellent. The mm. jockey club here is um, really good to work with and uh, we get a lot of access to the grass tracks and, yeah, we just love working here. Mm. And, Natalie, the entire complex covers about one acre. 
Yeah, that's right. So um, the yards are reasonably big, like not big enough for them to run around and hurt themselves, but no. big enough for them to like move around and um, they can yeah stretch their legs during the day and get out in the sun. They love a sun bake and yeah. yeah, they just really enjoy living more like a horse. Yeah, they're funny creatures, aren't they? You can have a stinking hot day, a horse can have shade in its yard and you'll see it laying right out in the direct sunlight. That's true. They do love a sunbake, yeah. Yeah, they're characters. <laughs> now, you and Luke operate under the trading name of Thoratech Racing. You made that up, didn't you? That's right. We just um, – I didn't really want to train under, uh, like, Natalie Jarvis Racing. I think that uh, so many people go into – running the stable that I didn't want it just named after myself. So we um, just created a brand name and it's um, it's been good to um, use for like the marketing of the business as well. We um, When we go to the races, we see a lot of caps and stubby holders and that we Saratech racing on and um, we, we really enjoy racing under more of like a group name. Mm, no, good idea. Now, you mentioned that all of the horses are in fairly spacious yards, which enables them to move about all the time. It suits mares right down to the ground, and you've only got to look at your training record to realise that you get on very well with fillies and mares. Do you enjoy training them? Yeah, um, we really like training all the tried horses, Um We've had a lot of successful mares. Um, we do find that, um, especially the ones that can tie up, um, it's a bit easier for them when they live here than when they live in a stable environment. So, and um, yeah, we find that that with the tying up, it's a lot better um, getting away from the track work every day as well. So that helps a lot with some of the mares that we've had. Mm. Natalie, you'd have to say that tying up syndrome or acidosis, if you prefer, is a nightmare for any trainer. There's, it, it, you just you shudder whenever you see a horse badly tied up. Awful sight. We had um, one gelding that we trained at Kembla and he used to try, tie up every morning. And when we moved here, we didn't change anything else except that we moved his environment and he never tied up again. It was a really strange, like, miracle for him, actually, and mm. he was the most pronounced change um, that we've had. But, yeah, it was surprising to just move away from the confined, stable environment and the effects that it had on him. Mm. You tell me the committee of the Maruya Jockey Club are constantly aware of the problems of their local trainers and they uh, rally to the cause, don't they? They've been very thoughtful and very considerate. The jockey club here really is very easy to work with. Um, the CEO, uh, Ken, is very um, easy to deal with and more than happy to change things or adjust things to make it easier on the trainers. Um, they're really uh, helpful in getting the horses worked. So we rarely have a day where we can't um, use the grass track if needed, which is really um, exceptional, I think, because I know speaking to other trainers at other tracks, they have trouble um, getting on the grass to gallop frequently. Um, we're in a particularly lucky situation here where the climate's a bit better down here, so mm. the grass does grow better than it does up the mountain, obviously. But, mm. um, yeah, they're really easy to work with and they also make it um, really smooth for us to run our big owner's day on Maria Cup Day because um, that's a big operation for us each mm. year. How often do you get the use of the course proper? Um, so they just rotate through um, the bee grass and the course proper and just depending on when the races are coming up and how much each track's used, then um, we get to use it quite often, actually, mm. like um, surprisingly often, I think, yeah. Mm, wonderful. You've got that wonderful capacity to take your horses to the beach or uh, into the Maruya River, and you do that frequently. Do you gallop along the beach? Uh, yeah, they 
and they don't get up to a full gallop. Um, the sand's quite deep, so we try to use it, especially for the older geldings where um, we can get them fit in the deeper sand without having to go too fast. Mm-hmm. So it's quite good for their joints, um, not having to go like at full speed to build like really um, high aerobic fitness. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's especially good for the old geldings and the the old geldings that are a bit jaded with track work as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they must get bored to tears. Do you see a change in their demeanour when you take them on the bush trail or along the beach? Uh, do they perk up? They seem to enjoy it. They do, yeah. We've got a couple that um, to get to the – when we come out of the property to get to the racetrack, we turn right and to get to the beach, we turn left and – this, they get a real spring in their step when they turn left. So, yeah, yeah they're yeah. quite funny. Yeah. It's much quieter than the bull ring at Randwick, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, some horses that we um, buy from the major training tracks, like um, in Sydney and Melbourne, they sort of uh, look confused almost when they start track work here. You can see them looking around, like looking for where all the other horses are, but mm, yeah. it's a lot, lot quieter. Mm, creatures of habit. Yes, exactly. Now, somebody told me the other day that Luke Jarvis is the minister for everything. <laughs> <laughs> what is his role? Um, Luke does, yeah, he does a lot, a lot of stuff for the business. So um, he he does all of the. Um, scanning through all of the online sales to pick out the horses that we might want to bid on. So he does a lot of research into actually choosing the horses that we buy and because we focus on buying tried horses that we want to get uh, like a fast return for our owners with, picking the right horse really is critical. Yeah. Um, so that's a really important part of what he does. Um, he also does all the race planning and booking the jockeys. Um, he does a lot of um, the owner communication as well and um, he does all of the driving to the races which is a lot of work from down here. We're quite a distance from a lot of the racetracks so um, yeah Luke does a lot of work. Pretty much everything that's not riding he's Mm. involved in. Yeah now Natalie you realise that this tremendous um, endorsement of his talents (laughs) could finish could finish up costing you money you'll be looking for a bit extra yeah we want to pay rise yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) now you've had a number of doubles and a few trebles but you've only had the one quartet and it happened on maruya cup day you couldn't believe it possible you had 130 clients attend on the day And you must have a sharp promotional brain because you suggested a Hawaiian theme for the day and your clients all turned up in bright floral apparel. It was a really good fun day out for everyone. We had, like, say, 130 owners there. About 100 of them were wearing matching Saratech Hawaiian shirts. And, yeah, it was just a great fun day to have with everyone, obviously having... The good results was um, critical as well because people have a much better time when their horse wins. But, Mm. um, yeah, it's just we're really um, fortunate that we have owners that really support that day. Um, It's at a good time of year, like it's straight after New Year's. It's in summer. Mm. It's in a holiday town where people want to come for Mm. their break. And a lot of the owners um, travel a long way to come here for that weekend and and they meet up with uh, their friends. Like we have a huge contingent that comes from Tamora each year mm. um, that are owners of ours and they all get together down here for their summer break. And then we have people that come from all over and support it year after year and it's it's just great fun for everyone to catch up together. Yeah. Um, we like typically do have good results on that day. We try to focus like all of the horses that are up running that time of year come to that meeting. So we have as many runners as possible so that the owners can watch their own horse race and it's just a great day for um, for our stable. 
And how did the Maria Jockey Club cater for them on the day? I think there was a big hospitality tent, wasn't there? Yeah, so they set aside a big undercover area under the bedding pavilion for us um, that is usually um, they use that for the sponsors or um, members' overflow area. So um, they set that aside for us on on Cup Day and, um, yeah, it's just uh, – it really helps to for the day to run smoothly where people have somewhere where they can all meet up and congregate and they can sit down and they can have a drink and um, they're all together and, yeah, it works really good. The Jockey Club's really um, – uh, they help us a lot with that and we always sponsor a race or two each year as well and oh, just works really good. Yeah, wonderful. Now, on the day – how are you feeling? You know, the first one wins and you're probably thinking, well, that, that's good, that, that makes the day for me. Then another one wins, so you're elated and you're probably saying, that's got to be it, there can't possibly be another one. But there were another <laughs> two. Yeah, it was an excellent day. The Actually, the most important race for us on the whole day of Maria Cup Day is the maiden because it's a memorial race to a friend of ours and it's been held for the past three years and we've won all three of them so that was the most important one for us on the day so when that one was done then we were really happy with that oh just wonderful now i'm just glancing at the the winners on the day i think they were choir uh dragon's breath horse called Greaves, who's won again since, mm-hmm. and Rouge Loon was the last. Billy Owen rode Greaves, and Sean Geimer rode the other three, one of your go-to jockeys. Yeah, Sean's a big part of our stable. Um, we've been using Sean for many years now and have had a long relationship with him way back to when we were in the Hawkesbury. Um, he's really good jockey for us to work with. He always goes the extra mile for us to get on the horses and um, to work with us to help get horses going as well. So um, even if we have like a strange request for a race plan or something like that, he'll work with us for it. So um, we had a a mare a few years ago um, named Millie Jewel and she used to come out of the gates and not even be tacked on to the second last horse mm. and she'd have to start her run at the 800 metre mark and it's very hard to convince a jockey to do that because they might look silly Yeah. Um, when they start their runs so much earlier than everyone else but Sean did it on her and was able to win many times on her doing that race plan so yeah. it's really good when um, the jockey trusts you and when you trust the jockey as well completely. Mm. Let's go back to childhood days at Terry Hills, which is a horse stronghold in the Northern Beaches region of Sydney. And that's where you and your younger sister, Stephanie, were riding horses at a very early age. Pony club, Jim Carners, later on riding clubs. You did a little bit of everything and you just got completely hooked on horses. Yeah, we just had um, – I had a an ex-thoroughbred, an ex-racehorse as my first horse and um, my sister had a, a wonderful pony and then she had a um, another stock horse as well and, yeah, we just were um, doing all of the pony club events and just the local riding events. Um, mm. Stephanie's actually a much better rider than I am and she um, mm. pursued it a bit further sort of up to world shows and that kind of stuff. but. Mm. Um, yeah, we just had a great um, childhood there, mm. riding every afternoon after school, riding every weekend. We just, mum would just, um, we'd just say, you know, we we're heading off and we'd just go riding through the national park there and yeah. it was a wonderful childhood. Oh, beautiful. Your mother is Maureen and yep. your dad is Ziggy, which is the abbreviation of Siegfried. Is yep. that Austrian background? German. German, is it? Yep. Now, Maureen and Ziggy had absolutely no interest in horses as you were growing up. Must have been a bit tough on them. It was, yeah. They, um, 
mum used to drive us to Gymkhana's and stuff like that and dad as well and yeah they're not really into horses but they they helped like they obviously it cost them a fortune and Mm. they would um help to get us to all the events and supported us through that as well Mm. you and Steph were spoiled is that fair to say yeah Yeah, definitely (laughs) (laughs) do they keep an eye on your runners today yeah, um, mum's always messaging me when we get a winner and um, my dad actually owned a couple of racehorses over the last few years that were quite handy ones as well. So, yeah, they yeah. do uh, follow how they how the stable's going, obviously. Yeah, and they've moved down the coast. They're closer now. Yeah, that's right. Um, everyone, the whole family's left Sydney now and, uh, yeah, they live a few hours down the coast from where we are now. Beautiful. Now, with an eye to the future... You enrol for a Bachelor of Arts at Macquarie University, majoring in history of all things. Now, I hope you've got your Bachelor of Arts accreditation hanging on a wall somewhere at home. (laughs) Uh, It's somewhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, I did that straight out of um, school, not really sure what to do for a career. Racing isn't really uh, seen as like a career option in the sort of uh, environment I grew up in. Um, So, yeah, I was unsure of what to pursue, but after I finished that, I um, went to an open day at the TAFE at Richmond and that's where I met uh, Joan Pracy and Mm. she got me enrolled in the racing courses, which then led me to taking out a trainer's licence. Yeah. Now, that riding or that horse management course at the Hawkesbury TAFE uh, has been home to a lot of people. Several successful jockeys had their initial instruction in that school under the tutelage of a former jockey called Brian Wood, who retired only recently. Yeah, we. Uh, I was doing the track riding course initially and they just had a paddock out there at the TAFE and a whole stack of ex-race horses and also ex-trotters and um, we'd be out there with Brian instructing and trotting mm. laps and laps and laps, getting used to riding in an exercise pad. Mm. Um, and then uh, when competent enough to do that, to go, uh, in doing that, to go and get a job, um, Joan was able to help me find my first job in racing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a really good way to start when I had no idea how to start in the industry. No. Um, not knowing anyone who worked in racing, so it was excellent that that pathway was there for me. Mm. Your first hands-on experience was at the famous Muskoka Farm at Gundaman, right on the Hawkesbury, owned by Bob and Wendy LaPointe. Tim Clark was the trainer, and Bob and Wendy have been enormously generous over the years in making Muskoka Farm available as a training centre for beginners. Lovely place too, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It was a really good place to start. I Like I think the first six months I fell off every single week and it takes a while to get used to riding in an exercise pad and riding young racehorses when, mm. um, you know, you've grown up riding ponies and that. So the... Um, the opportunity that they give to people to start out in the industry is really excellent and it really, um, they have, you know, so many horses there in pre-training that mm. there are always horses which are suitable for beginners as well as for more experienced riders so they're able to accommodate the people who are starting out in the industry to give them their, their start. Mm. You later spend some time with Warwick Hales, well-known trainer in the Hawkesbury Valley. Where was Warwick by then? Was Freeman's Reach? Uh, no, Warwick. Uh, I um, had a couple of horses at the same barn that Warwick was training out of at at Hawkesbury Racecourse. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, would ride a couple for Warwick, but it was more so um, having uh, him there at the stables that I could ask for advice about things. Um, mm. when I was just starting out with a couple of horses that I'd bought just to, mm. um, just to learn with basically. Mm. 
I'll get you to stand by there, Natalie, for a moment. We're going to clear a commitment on the podcast and we'll be back in a jiffy. Winter black type racing continues at Royal Randwick on Saturday, June the 24th with the running of the Stayers Cup and the Civic Stakes. The Civic Stakes was originally called the Civic Handicap when introduced by the Sydney Turf Club in 1950. In view of the fact that the race is run in the winter months, you'll be surprised to hear some elite level horses have been successful. De La Salle and Knave were both Epsom winners. Fine and Dandy won two Doncasters. Sealy's Image won a Stratbroke. Gilt Pattern won an All Age Stakes. And they all have a Civic Handicap win on their CVs. There's been only one dual winner of the Civic, and that was the Max Lee's train Magic Gleam in 1988-1989. And he was still winning city races as a 10-year-old. The race name was changed from the Civic Handicap to the Civic Stakes when it was upgraded to Stakes level. The Civic Stakes and the Stayers Cup will highlight the Randwick program on June 24th. My guest is Natalie Jarvis, who trains a team of horses at beautiful Maruya on the New South Wales South Coast. Your experience broadened when you got a full-time job at Ingham's well-appointed spelling and pre-training farm Belmont Park at North Richmond and you were working exclusively with the pre-trainers. Yeah, that's right. So um, back then they had a barn that was filled with breakers and then a barn that was filled with pre-trainers, and I was riding track work in the pre-training barn. Mm. Um, Quite a few trainers have come out of there um, Mm. since. I were working there um, in the breaking barn at the same time, so it was a really – good place to work as far as the quality of the horses that we got to ride was amazing obviously Mm. um just and lots of horses to ride as well so plenty of um, practice and Mm. plenty of horses to work on and to learn from that belmont park operation worked seamlessly under the supervision of the late ted mckay the former uh, president of the hawkesbury race club and a gentleman of the turf, wasn't he? Yeah, Ted was great to work for. Um, he interviewed me for the job and was really a good man to work for. Certainly was. Now, at what point did you decide to go back to Macquarie University to apply for a degree, to enrol for a degree in accountancy? Um, I've been... Working, I'd finished up at Belmont, I think, by then, mm. and um, I sort of had like a doubt that I could make a career in racing and thought I might try to go and have an office job. Mm. So it's, it is like it is difficult to make enough money in racing to, when you're just riding track work and stuff like that. So it was something that I thought oh, maybe I should you know, try something as a more traditional job. Mm. So I went and got a master's in accounting and tried that for a few years, but I just um, really missed it. We kept one or two horses in work as a hobby through the whole period Mm. and just just couldn't step away from the racing completely. No. Natalie, you are a highly qualified horse trainer, do you realise? I guess so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not in the right field. It has been really helpful in the way that I can do all of our business accounts and oh, I, yeah. I understand that side of a business. So that mm. has been really beneficial. <laughs> and we should mention you also work for two years in the finance department at Racing New South Wales. Yeah, so... Um, I was able to get a job there as an accountant and uh, that was it was really good because I had a, obviously a very strong interest in the industry that, that I was working in on the accounting side. So it was good and I have a, a good understanding of a lot of the way that Race New South Wales operates in the background as well. So mm. that was a good part of it. Now, here is a very important facet of this interview. During the Belmont Park stint, you met your future husband. (laughs) Luke's brother, Nathan, happened to work at Belmont Park 
and I'm guessing that Luke called in one day to see his brother and he introduced you to. Um, Luke and Nathan were training uh, trotters. Mm -hmm. So out at Hawkesbury, there's a trotting track used to exercise the trotters right next to the Hawkesbury race course. Know it well, one-mile yeah. circuit, yeah. Yeah, and um, they used to exercise their horses out there and um, the stables that I had my race horses at were right next to it, obviously, and mm. um, I asked Nathan one day if I could just watch them work the trotters because I was just interested in what they do, mm. and that's where I met Luke. So, yeah. That was the magic moment. <laughs> You're overselling it now. <laughs> now, speaking of magic, your first win was at Hawkesbury, in those very early days, we think the horse was called Whoosh. Indescribable yeah, so she, thrill, surely. She actually, um, she, we were training her at Hawkesbury, but she won at Dubbo. Um, oh, it did was you? on, yeah, yeah it was on um, Melbourne Cup Day. So we dragged her out to Dubbo for this um, race, and our car actually overheated a couple of kilometres from the track. Oh, so Luke jumps out of the car, runs down this long driveway of this farmhouse. Mm. They give him some water. He tops up the radiator and we limp into Dubbo Racecourse. The stewards thankfully let us start because we were late by then mm. and she was able to win. So she, the prize money paid to repair the car. Mm. <laughs> you wouldn't expect a win after a mishap like that. You'd think the bad luck was in for the whole day, wouldn't you? That's true. Sometimes you think, oh, we should just forget this whole day when things start going wrong. But, yeah, it worked out that day. Expatriate was a good horse for you early days. You got him at the English tried horse sale at that lovely old Newmarket complex. And he went on yeah. to win six races and 16 placings, Natalie. He was a tough old rooster, wasn't he? We really missed going to Newmarket to the tried sales. It was really enjoyable going in there and looking at the horses before bidding on them and just being in that beautiful complex. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he was a wonderful horse. He was, um, like you say, really tough and he was really reliable at bringing home a check every time he went around. Um, he was a great horse to train. He was the first horse that I sort of learnt that, Sometimes less is more with the training and mm. they don't have to work on the track every single day to still race well. So mm. um, he was able to sort of teach me that quite early on, which was good. Yeah, and his name was Expatriate. You've never forgotten a Viscount mare by the name of Thermals, another one of your English tried stock purchases, and you really shelled out on this occasion, Natalie. You paid yeah. $800 for thermals? Yeah, I think she was like $800, $1,000. She was very cheap and um, she was able to win at Hawkesbury. Yeah. And um, we used the prize money from that win to pay for our wedding. She so paid for your wedding. How <laughs> romantic. How romantic is that? <laughs> yep. Hey, you'd need to win the Hawkesbury Gull Cup to pay for a wedding today, wouldn't you? Yeah, we yeah exactly. We tried to have a, a low key wedding, so yeah, she was able to cover the cost of that, which is wonderful. Yeah. By the way, I think I asked you the other day her jockey on that memorable day. It was Jay Ford. Yeah, that's right. It was. Yeah, Jay Ford. I looked it up. Now you had a year training out of Kembla Grange, during which time Luke continued to work in the electrical trades. So he was a qualified electrician early on and uh, it must be very convenient at times to have an electrician in the camp. Not at all. Whenever you have a tradesman in the, the family, they never do the work at home. <laughs> <laughs> we still, I think we've got an IXL that's been sitting in the box in the garage for four or five years. It's not installed yet. <laughs> oh, goodness me. <laughs> but when we were at Kembla, Luke did keep working up in Sydney full time and it was really hard on him to drive up there every day to do that, but it was a, it did allow us to get started um, financially in, in having a racing stable running. So it was yeah. a big effort, but it was worth it in the end. So mm. 
Let's pay tribute to some of the horses who've kept your name to the fore, not in any particular order. You've got a great deal of time for Kattegat, who cost you a little bit more than $800. You paid 33000 for him at the 2020 Gold Coast Racehorse sale, but he's been worth every cent. Seven wins, eight placings since being sold on by Godolphin. Yeah, he's really been, I would say, our star. Um, he was um, bought at Magic Millions when Godolphin was still selling their horses um, in real life, so at a, a real sale instead of online. So mm-hmm. um, we bought him up there. Uh, he won his first two starts for us, including Bob's. So he covered the $30,000 purchase fee in those first two starts, which was just amazing for his owners. Mm. And um, he's really been a wonderful horse. He's, like you say, he's won seven races now. That's the most we've ever had for any horse. Mm. And um, he's a really um, special horse to train because he just loves being a racehorse. He loves being in work. He loves racing. Oh, he gets really excited to mm. go to the track in the morning. Um, he loves stirring up everyone, all the other horses in the stables, and he's just really cheeky and young at heart. Yeah. Um, every prep he's won a race or two. It's just been a, a wonderful experience for his group of owners, and mm. they've been a really uh, excellent group of owners in the way that they uh, most of them didn't know each other before having Kattegat and now mm. they all meet up at the races and you see them chatting away like they've known each other forever. So yeah, it's just been lovely. a yeah. really fun experience having him. Mm. When you buy an ex Godolphin horse on the English online digital sale, the horse comes with a comprehensive documentation of every veterinary procedure that horse has ever undergone. Yeah, Godolphin are obviously world leaders in all of that kind of stuff, like with their lifetime care programs and stuff like that. They really care about the horse. So they want um, to make sure that, you know, the horse goes on to the right career after they move them on. So they do provide all of the... Um, veterinary treatment the horse has ever had so mm. it you can really buy with confidence when you buy from them it means that the prices are a bit higher obviously um, but that is well worth it when you sort of know what you're getting mm. it's really um, exceptional it'd be great if mm. it was more widespread that kind of transparency mm. resort was an $18,000 English digital buy he went on to win four races for you including a benchmark 76 at Rose Hill Gardens with another one of your go-to jockeys on board, Jess Taylor, who rides so very, very well. Yeah, Resort um, is has been our only city winner, so he holds a special place, obviously. Um, he was, um, when we purchased him, a few of the previous owners called us up and wanted to buy back in and they've been owners since him now they come in a lot of other horses and Mm. they've brought a lot of their friends to the stable as well so that's been a wonderful part of it as well yeah um we we when we decided to sell resort we sold him up to Queensland thinking that um, that would really suit him because he can get over some ground and he might be able to you know run in some cups up there and stuff like that and um, it just didn't work out for him up there and he got put back through the sale. Mm-hmm. So we actually bought him back again so that we would know where he retired. Oh, and um, he's retired out at a friend's place of ours and one of the ladies that works for us is um, mm-hmm. now owns him. So um, we'll make sure that like he gets looked after forever because he was such an important horse for our stable. Natalie, in the current environment where horse welfare is so high uh, in the thinking of uh, animal lovers. They're the sort of stories we need to hear every day. Yeah, he was he's just a wonderful horse and we wanted to make sure that he was safe forever. So mm. um, he'll just, well, now we know where he is and it was definitely worth buying him back. So, mm. yeah. Tornak is an ex-Team Hawks horse who's been frustrating to say the least. 
You won immediately after you got him, but it took him a hell of a long time to win another one. You tell me he's got a few tricks. Yeah, so he he won his first start for us and then he ran a couple of seconds and we thought, oh, this horse is going to be... And then he just went off. He was really... um, He just didn't come back for the winter prep that year. Mm. And then it took him nearly two years to win a can. Good but he's won three times since November and he's he is a really quirky horse. He's got a really funny personality and he really interacts with people a lot more than the average horse. Mm. He's um, forged a brilliant relationship with Robin Freeman yeah. um, who's been riding him in his races recently and Robin just gets along with him so well because – the horse just needs to feel like he's doing a good job and he's the best and she's able to sort of kid to him a bit and make him feel like he's doing it easy and yeah. he's able to really um, just perform for her. He's mm-hmm. also a really good example of the horses that don't like track work and yeah. he really um, benefits from all of the other stuff that we can do with him, like especially the beach and the river. He just loves that. Yeah. So Robin Freeman makes him feel he's a lot better than he really is. Yeah, so when Robin started riding him, um, I said to her, he doesn't really need a jockey to, like, make him do it. He needs, like, a little cheerleader up there telling him he's doing great. And that's how she (laughs) approached it, yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's really worked for him. Yeah, Uh, she's a great girl, Robin, and that's good to hear. So he's not finished yet, Tornak. No, he's uh, still racing and um, he's doing a really good job at the moment. He's entered for, um, he's in at Sapphire on Sunday, but he's on Terrible Gate and he's at Walker on Tuesday, so we'll probably take him racing next week. Mm. Airfree was a nice mare for the stable. Five wins, including a Maruya Cup and nine placings. A Cup win on your home track is pretty hard to beat, isn't it? It really is my favourite win that we've ever had. Mm. Um, it was during – it was in 2020, so it was right during the COVID lockdowns and um, there was no one on course except the staff. Mm. Um, she'd, she was second emergency in the field, so she'd won the previous race she'd been in and that had got her benchmark up just high enough to be mm. second emergency and we were – so we were lucky to get the run – and the gallop that she did in the lead-up to it was just exceptionally good and I was, like, quietly confident she could do something, but mm. she was paying $26, so it was still, like, a surprise um, that she got the job done. But she came around the turn and she was just travelling better than any other horse. She came from the very back of the field and just flew down the outside and in the race replay video you can actually hear me and the four staff screaming. We were screaming that loud, but there was no one else on course, so it was kind of a weird way to win, um, but still amazing. This is during COVID, no people. Exactly, and no owners Mm. on course. So Mm. it it would have been amazing to win a Maria Cup with over 100 owners on course like normal, but it was still really my favourite win of a whole career. I can't wait to finish this interview. I'm going to watch that replay and have a listen for this, uh, uh, the connections, <laughs> the connections going off their faces. <laughs> now, uh, I'm just looking at names here, uh, very handy horses uh, that you've won races with. There was Starzana, Heavenly Thunder, Bell Tourneur, Boom and Zoom, Pauper, and what about Living Doll? What a nice little mare. You sourced her out of Victoria to win several races, and wasn't she a quick little thing? She loved those 1,000-metre scampers. Yeah, uh, we bought her as a Class 1 horse out of Victoria. Um, she's a really tough mare. Um, she's built like a bulldog. Like She has the most muscular Gaskins you can imagine on a mare and mm. was really powerful, so... She was able to, like, lead super, super quick out of the barriers. She was able to lead out of an outside barrier and then still was tough enough to hold on in the finish as well. Mm. She was really reliable mare, very um, – a lot of placings and really consistent. 
Um, we've actually kept her to breed with, so she's got a sepoy yearling that's just been broken in and she's in foal at the moment down at Karingal. Um, she's in foal to the Brothers War at the moment. Mm. So, yeah, she was a really, um, really consistent mare. You and Luke are happy to travel to distant meetings provided the trip doesn't exceed five hours. That's your limit. One bush meeting you've attended about three times is the Forbes Cup Day. Kattegat won a good race there. Yeah, it was um, – we love going out to Forbes. Uh, we stay overnight at Forbes. It's it's quite a long way from where we are. Mm. Um, the jockey club there provides us with stabling and we have a lot of owners out that way um, that are either based at Forbes or at Tomorrow, which isn't far from there. Mm. So we often get a reasonably big ownership group show up on the day to watch the races too. Mm. And, um, yeah, the – race at Kattegat won there. Um, he just won it. It was a photo and it was it was super exciting. Um, everyone was, you know, cheering him home and it was a really, really good result for him. Mm. Unless my eyes were deceiving me, I think you took horses to a non-tab recently at Young and you landed a double at Jaw Hera and California August. Yeah, um, so I think Shahira was up to start 29 perhaps and she finally won her maiden. Um, Aaron Sweeney rode her um, and it was um, his first meeting back with a winner. So he'd been back for a little while but they were his first winners back and um, California August is a horse that we've had for quite a few years now. Um, He hasn't racing that much. He's had some injuries. He actually has recovered from a fractured cannon bone and has won multiple times since then. So that's a pretty big achievement for him to have, mm. to come back from such a big injury and to be racing competitively. And mm. um, Aaron Sweeney rode him in the cup there and it was a really clever ride. He was able to um, just have him in the perfect spot the whole way and, yeah, get the job done. So mm. it was great. You took Kattegat to Orange for a showcase meeting in April was a pretty good field too. But the little bloke found a way to win and Alicia Collett was the jockey and she is kicking goals left, right and centre at the moment. I've always, um, we actually hadn't used Alicia before, um, but I've always sort of wanted to put her on a horse and but on a good horse. So um, it was a good opportunity where she could um, ride him for us. And, uh, yeah, he um, we took him and another horse out there and they stayed overnight. The Orange Race Club is another club which is really accommodating for travelling trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a good, good stabling facilities there for people that want to stay overnight and they were really welcoming. And, um, yeah, he... It was a, a very good um, ride on him. The You got a good gap at the right time and, yeah, he was able to get the job done. So mm. he's just been a um, super reliable horse, Kattegat. Yeah. Oh, he's a trier, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. He yeah. actually just likes racing. It's really like you can get them fit but you can't make them do it. If they really want to do it, that's when mm. they become a good horse, I think. Mm. I can hear a chorus of trainers' voices, Natalie, as we speak, saying, I wish I had one like Kattegat. Yeah, exactly. One that just likes doing it and just yeah. wants to keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. You're still riding plenty of work, aren't you, at Maria? Uh, yeah, I'm still riding track work and um, got a few other track work riders as well and um, we've got a young apprentice who's starting as well. So um, I enjoy riding the track work and we also, you know, get to go riding at the river and the beach and that, so it's a pretty good job. <laughs> mm. Now, the apprentice's name, he's just started, has he? Um, she, yeah, it's she? Jade McKenzie. So she's just doing her trials at the moment. I think she's done five trials now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, she's really dedicated and hardworking and, yeah, I think... You know, she's just working her way through these barrier trials now. Mm. And her name again? Jade McKenzie. Jade McKenzie. That's a good jockey's yeah. name. Yeah, she's the Maruya Jamek. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, of course she is. <laughs> now, Madison Wright is a regular track work rider for you. Madison made her name as a picnic jockey. She did very well. That's right, yeah. Um, Maddie used to come in in the mornings on a Monday and we'd be like, oh, Maddie, you only rode three winners on the weekend. Like, she is a very, very good picnic jockey, um, won the premiership multiple times and um, we actually had a horse that sort of it's, she would needed a bit of a confidence boost and we took her picnic racing with Maddie riding and it really revived her and she was able to come on and win more tab races after that. So um, we had a lot of fun picnic racing with Madison riding and went out to Bong Bong and Yas and Kudamundra and like all the ones sort of mm. down in that southern corner, not way out west. But yeah. yeah, it's a good day out and the crowds are obviously great at the picnic races. It's just a fun day out. The whole town shows mm. up and yeah enjoyable way to go racing is more like a fun day out than a serious work day out. Yeah. Well, Natalie, I've thoroughly enjoyed our chat. And uh, as you're well aware, the hours are long and the disappointments are many, but the highs <laughs> are high enough to help you handle the bad days. I wish you and Luke continued success and may the Thoratech Racing logo appear frequently in the winner's circle. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure, Natalie Jarvis. Great to have you on a podcast produced by Supernova Sound. Do any of your horses struggle to finish their feeds during a racing preparation? Have you been unhappy with the way they look on race day? Do what many other trainers do with those finicky horses and introduce them to Pride's easy performance. By stimulating their appetites with Pride's highly palatable set recipe feed, you might find they're not leaving a flake in their feed bins. Correct nutrition helps racehorses to deal with the stresses of racing and training. It helps them to get that elusive win when they're in the right race, and most importantly, helps them to bounce back after the event. Pride's Easy Performance provides the ultimate muscle fuel to help horses get to the line while helping them to maintain inner health. Pride's Easy Performance, the complete nutritional feed for equine performance athletes.